When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks postgame podcast powered by ComEd. It is getting easier for you to, for your business to switch to electric vehicles. Learn more at ComEd.com slash clean. Nailed it. Welcome in. Happy to have you guys here. Hawks win 3-1 over the St. Louis Blues, their second win in a row. Their third consecutive game with a point. Solid performance. We're going to get to all of it. Before we do, please smash that like button for us on the YouTube page. Subscribe to the YouTube page as well. We would greatly appreciate that. And podcast listeners, follow, subscribe, whatever your favorite app calls for. And leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Greg, it's good to see you. I've been seeing you for hours. I've seen you since like 6 o'clock. But, hey, man, it's a lot more fun doing post games on wins than it is on losses. It is. It's... It's fun and uh, good for this group. Yeah. I mean, Peter Morazic lights out again. He's great. Um, anytime you beat the Blues is a fun night. Yes. I will always hate that team. Well, they no right what. from the start, they're doing the home of the Blues thing during the anthem. Like, no, get out. It's actually technically not the home of the Blues. No, so shut not. up. Yeah, do that in your arena because yeah. you're not in your arena. I right. know geography's hard when you're in Missouri. <laughs> Go put your jean shorts on and root for the Cardinals <laughs> and get the F out of our stadium, yeah. losers. Goodbye. With your only one Stanley Cup banner in your arena, you bunch of jerks. Yeah. Screw you, Bruins, for ruining that whole thing. Yeah. Dumb Bruins. Anyway. It hey, was uh, a- hey uh, uh, yeah. St. Louis Blues. I mean, you get your six, your fans can have a six-hour drive talking about the awesomeness that is Nikita Zaitsev. That's right. The Zaitsev game. He was the number one star in this game, and frankly, he deserved it. We're going to talk about him a lot, but your third star of the game, Anthony Beauvillier, who picked up a goal, must have gotten a piece of that uh, shot from Zaitsev. Uh, the number two star, Peter Mrazek, stopping 39 of 40 blue saves. He was terrific, and Nikita Zaitsev uh, with two assists in this game. 
four-star nominees. They're up there on the YouTube if you want to vote. Here are your candidates. Mackenzie Entwistle had a goal, plus one, 11.07 of ice time, a shot, and three hits. And damn, was he effective in this game. Four checking the shit out of it. Winning pucks, stealing pucks, finishing checks, getting scoring chances. For a guy who played 11 minutes, he was incredibly impactful on this game. Absolutely. Um, it's good to see. I mean, as a team... The Blackhawks played tonight what Luke Richardson's been trying to get this team to do all season long. Yes. This is the game you bottle up and throw out there. Now, were they getting, you know, giving up a lot of shots in the second half of the game? Sure. Yeah, but St. Louis was desperate. They were down. And I wouldn't call the Blues finished with 40 shots. Yeah, 40 on the dot. Yep. How many of those would you have called, like, dangerous shots? It, uh, it wasn't. Yeah, like there. So the, there weren't a ton of like prime scoring. T- there were some shots that were difficult saves because they were redirected or whatever. But in terms of like, wow, that was a really great chance that the Blues had. There weren't too many. He played really well. Like, and he made some tough saves. There was one point where I looked over at you and said, "The Blues could have four goals in this game yeah. if not for the way Mrazek's playing." But in, uh, what I'm saying is, the Hawks didn't give up like any. Oh my God! Point blank scoring right. chances like they've done so historically. And I wasn't saying that to like discredit Mraz. No, yeah, I was same. saying that like if you just looked at the sh- shots and saw, oh wow, the Blackhawks were out. Sh- according to the event summary, it's thirty nine. They must have taken away somebody's shot. Good, screw them. Uh, <laughs> if you see shots thirty nine twenty four, you can be like, oh my God, the Blackhawks were so lucky to win. That really isn't the case. There was a. Spot, you know, maybe the first seven or eight minutes of the second period, the Blues really came on. Then they kind of tuckered out. And at the end of the game, and they were playing six on five for the final six minutes yeah, of the right, game. Yeah, right, right. Um, but, like, it, it wasn't like they you were just like, oh, my God, Mrazic's standing on his head tonight. He played really well. But, you know, uh, Blackhawks blocked 16 shots tonight, uh, which which is which is good. It seemed yeah. that there were defensemen always around Swiping the puck out, the few rebounds Morazic did give up. There was a stick there to swipe it out of the danger area. Yeah, uh, the Blackhawks were had a much better night getting the puck out of the zone than we've been used to seeing, and they also, you know, they won so many one-on-one battles tonight. Yes, they which did. again, super rare. Uh, for the record, thirteen high danger chances for the Blues, which that seems that high to me. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I still don't know exactly what call, what they consider a high danger chance, but there's not a lot that stick out to me where I was like, oh my god, like we're so lucky that guy didn't finish that play. Yeah. Um, but you know, great effort from the team. This is this is a team. You know, they're the last team in the league to win consecutive games. Hey. Um, and hey, if they we took, are Nashville. They'd hang a banner. <laughs> they took advantage of it because the Blues. Played last night in Columbus. Lost 5-2. to two. Columbus. This is a team that has lost back-to-back games to the Blue Jackets and the Blackhawks. Not a serious hockey team. No. Don't tell me that this is a playoff team. Playoff teams don't lose to the Blue Jackets and Blackhawks in back-to-back nights. They were the placeholders for the Oilers. Well, the Oilers got right, hot. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and they've played 10 out of the last 13 games on the road. So, I mean, this was a perfect recipe for the Blackhawks to be like, okay, this is a team we need to take advantage of. And they and they did. They came out. They jumped on them early. They got some momentum by killing off that weird BS penalty. Two games in a row. Classic. You know, 
What the F is the holding penalty in the NHL, by the way? As you've been saying it, it is like the default. It's, that looked like a penalty, but we don't know what yeah, else to call we, it. We, you look like you cheated, but you really didn't, so we're just going to call holding right. on you. If you're going to call a penalty on Vlasic on that plate, don't call him for holding. He literally pushed, put, a, put his hand on the guy's back and gave him a shove, which last time I checked is not illegal. That's not a, yes, that's not It's a definitely not holding. Pushing the guy away <laughs> right, from you yeah. is not holding. It's it's shoving. It's the opposite of holding. And there's no penalty for shoving. No, so they need to get that right. It seems that every time the Blackhawks get a crummy call against them, it's, it's holding. We're like, well, that guy fell down, so I think we have to call somebody so holding. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Vlasic, he's another candidate for four-star of the game. A goal, 22-17, a shot, and three-shot attempts. And our other nominee is Cole Gutman, an assist, plus one, a shot, and three takeaways. Just doing the little things like we talked about uh, the other night. Like, you know, he's never going to be a guy who puts up huge numbers, but he can go out there and give you strong shifts, contribute a little bit of offense. I like Cole Gutman's game tonight, so he's our third nominee. So you got Entwistle, Vlasic, and Gutman to vote for Gutman had for the four-star. Four shots on goal, six attempts in 13 shifts. That's getting your money's worth. Yeah. That's making the most most of your, your time. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, Entwistle, you mentioned, he was our first guy. Great penalty kill. That first that penalty on the Vlasic, they, him yeah. and Reese Johnson had a great kill. They had a couple scoring chances. They were forcing turnovers, and then they drew the penalty on Thomas that wiped out the last 37 seconds of that power play because Entwistle and Johnson were putting pressure on them. I mean, that it was just a really good night from that fourth line, and including Lucas Reichel, who had a, a pretty effective night. That know? shift where Vlasic scored, or wait, yeah, it was the it I was believe the, it was the Vlasic yeah, goal. It, it was the Vlasic goal. Um, yeah, he was just like buzzing on that shift, making things happen. Um, and maybe like we talked about when he was put on that line, what Luke's trying to do is just sort of simplify things for him. And maybe you're not worried about like what's Connor Bedard going to do and what what's my what's Kershev going to do, and we all need to like weave in and out of each other and make drop passes. I think just playing a straight-ahead game has been really beneficial for Lucas Reichel. I think he's looked good in these last two or three games. So, yes, the production is not there, um, but easily could have picked up a point tonight with the way he was playing. Um, he almost got a piece of that Vlasic shot. Could have had a goal. So, I look, it's like it's going to be baby steps to pull him out of this tailspin he's in. But right now, it looks to me like the Lucas Reichel arrow is pointed up. He seems to be gaining confidence. He seems to be more willing to engage and, you know, get in the one-on-one -on -one battles, use his body a little bit more. He's, he's seeming to do – and you're going to have to when you're playing on that line. So, you know, and he's going to be there for at least one more game because you're not changing the lines after this lineup one year back-to-back games. Washington, quick turnaround. Washington yeah. coming in tomorrow. So it'll be a third straight game on that line for him. We'll see if Ryan Donato's back. Um, he was. Yeah, probably Ill, just take Reese Johnson out but, then if that's the case. Yeah, um, and he was fine. He you know dropped the gloves with uh, Braden Shen, which is a nice exchange take, to take, make. You take that trade off anytime. Yeah, if I can, if if Reese Johnson can get Braden Shen off the ice for five minutes, thank you very much. Yeah, that's great, and he, and he did the little things right. But just in general, like from the start of this game, you know, I think towards the end they started to run out of gas because they were just. The Blues were throwing everything they had at them, like you said, shorthanded basically for the last six minutes of the game. They came out of this game with a ton of energy, and they start the game with the Dickinson line, and once again, they get the puck in the blue zone, start to cycle, start to cause some pressure, 
and four checking like crazy finishing checks that's the thing and those nights where we get frustrated and people are like who cares it's a rebuild losses are good like we understand that for the big picture but it's the idea of how they're losing and how they're playing and the way they've played over these last few games has been so much better and especially in this game i just love the way they started just everybody was on the page everybody was ready to go everybody from the moment that puck dropped to start the game the hawks were engaged they were physical they were fast they were aggressive they looked great and i think the blues were kind of maybe a little bit caught off guard by how ready the hawks came out to play yeah that could be a case i mean the blues they are a team on on the decline um i just I don't really see like what's there. Like they have, they have they got Robert, some nice young players. They have Robert Thomas, who's nice, and Cairo, yeah, who's nice. You, you got Jake Neighbors with his, you know, Brandon Peary esque stats: ten goals, one assist. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, so you have some stuff there, but then you look and you're like, oh, Braden Shen, you know, he's still there, and and Brandon Sod is and Nick Letty and, and Nick Letty and Kevin Hayes is in his mid thirties at this point, it's been 20 years since he pooped yes. in a stairwell and you it's know, that long? It's, it's probably, well, it's been at least 15. Yeah. He was drafted in 2010 by the Blackhawks. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I don't know. It just seems that they're kind of, you know, they, they tried to do the right thing. I think, you know, with what they had, they traded Tarasenko and O'Reilly last year. Those weren't easy decisions, but you know, I th- it was the right move to sacrifice one playoff year to kind of keep things going. I, I just don't think they're a block. Uh, they're a playoff team this year. No. And what they're doing is exactly what is going to keep them exactly where they're at. They're going to pick in the middle of the draft. They're, they're, they're using the, he who shall not be named. Like, let's just try and stay competitive, yeah. but not really do anything mode. And okay, cool. Yeah. I, who is the guy like, and again, Kyrie's really good and Robert Thomas is really good, but who's going to be the guy that like takes them to the next level? Who's the guy that's going to make, like be the next great St. Louis blues player. I don't see it. Like you've not still got net and you're not yeah. chance of you getting him drafting 17th, 18th every year go down, you know, not saying you can't get somebody there or, or luck out and get one of those players in the second or third round, but you know, Hey, that's fine. Stay mid st louis yeah definitely all right we're gonna take our first break before we do we want you to smash that like button for us of course please do that and on the other side of this break we're gonna spend some time talking about the number one star of the game nikita zaitsev my guy sure hey did you know it's it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles that's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. Yes, Greg, the electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all need to move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So what should business owners do there, Jay? I would say they should go to comed.com slash clean. There, they're going to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses like theirs go electric. And if you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. It's good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Sorry, I was just uh, daydreaming about Nikita Zaitsev. Did you say... 
ComEd.com slash clean. That's what I said. Go now and see how my, how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Oh, I love that message. And you know what else is weird and, and crazy is that we're this deep into the NFL season. Can you believe it? I can't. No. We got to make every second count. Gosh darn it. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big, big bucks. Next, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. The Bears, Bears, the Lions, Bears. Bears are looking for revenge after piddling down their legs the last four minutes of the game. The last time we saw Detroit, uh, I've been liking those first drive uh, bets yeah, those are all fun. week long. Those are fun. Then you don't have to watch the whole game. You can turn and watch uh, a good football team. Um, but uh, here's a here's a good one. I like. I'm gonna. I, Cole Komet, our guy, CSGO's yes, definitely. friend, plus two, 250 anytime touchdown score. But here's one I like more, plus 1,200 first touchdown score. Oh, I like that too. So maybe throw a little action on our guy Cole Komet. Throw 10 bucks at first touchdown. And can you parlay anytime and first? I don't think you can, mm. though, because technically you would be right on both bets if he scores first. Maybe find a reception. You could bet them separately. Sure. Or you can do, you know, Cole Komet and plus however many receptions right. are set there. I'm thinking Cole's going to have a big game. I just, I'm, I'm feeling it. Me I'm, too. I'm feeling that Cole's going to be, be uh, a big factor tomorrow afternoon on the lakefront. So get on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use the code CHGO. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for just betting $5 on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code CHGO. The crown is yours. All right, I need a deep breath here. You got it. I got a burp too. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in West Virginia. Visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.com, DraftKings.com. Slash football terms. That was as clean as I've ever heard. That was solid as hell. Yes. Just like Nikita Zaitsev tonight. I'm looking at the uh, the big blue lines. His is the biggest from uh, Hockey Stat Cards on Twitter. Congratulations, Mrs. He Zaitsev. was the highest rated hawk in this game. Not a surprise. And we kind of get into talking, you know, between periods and, and while we were waiting to start the show. You know, he probably shouldn't come out of the lineup for a while. No. I don't. I think he's played himself. Now you've got the Tonorti hurt again, and Korchinski's going to be away from the team for I don't know how long. Um, yeah, if you missed that, he's on the non-roster list for uh, dealing with a family situation. Right. We don't so, know what it is, right. but we wish the best to the Korchinski family. Hope everything works out and take the time you need and get back in uh, in in good frame of mind. I was annoyed this morning though because I put that out on Twitter. You know, and it says non-roster, and I say I don't know what non-roster means. 
Luke will clarify that here shortly. And then, of course, like nine replies. Is it World Juniors? Is it this? Is it that? Hey, reading comprehension. It's I don't just, know what it I is. I don't know what it is. Like, uh, yeah. Anywho. Uh, but Zaitsev, uh, very good tonight. There's something about having a veteran back there that is just calm yeah. and doesn't seem under pressure. Um, you know, Wyatt Kaiser played well at times, but it was just seems that like every time he got the puck, he felt like there was a fire drill. Like he had yeah. to get rid of it. Zaitsev just gets the puck makes not, you know, most of the time makes the simple easy play. I'm not saying he's a perfect defenseman by any means necessary, but you know, he still has his deficiencies. There's no doubt about that, but he's a veteran guy gets the puck, makes the easy play. And that's what makes what we've seen from Alex Vlasic and Louis Crevier so impressive, especially those two guys. They're so calm. Yeah, they Nothing really ever are. seems to to affect either of those guys. And for two guys, A, with that size and that age, to just be cool and calm yeah. back there, that is so impressive and so exciting. And Zaitsev, listen, play him every night. Play him every night at this point until he makes you say, yeah, okay, we need to take you out. Let the dude play. Look, he's played, uh, I think tonight was his 454th NHL game. Like, this is a guy who's been around the block. He's played. And that column, he's 32 years old. The column comes with time and experience. And I think, you know, can Kaiser get there? Of course. Can any of these young guys we've seen struggle a little bit, even Korchinski to some extent? Get that calm, yes. of course. Right now, as every young player, especially defensemen say, is the speed of the NHL game is the biggest adjustment when they make the jump. And it's not about they skate faster. It's about decision-making, the speed of the decisions you have to make. That is what can overwhelm a young defenseman. You saw tonight, look no further than the Dickinson goal, where Zaitsev's got the puck at the point, and he takes a look, and he sees Dickinson coming, and he waits, and he waits, and he waits, and he flips the puck over right on the tape to Jason Dickinson, who will never score an easier goal. Yeah. It's that that's the sort of thing where maybe if that's why Kaiser, sure, he's maybe capable of making that pass. But w would he have the patience at this stage in his career to wait it out, to be patient, to not panic and make the nice pass? Zaitsev is calm. And look, I, I know that we constantly poo poo plus minus is a really overvalued stat and something that is kind of outdated and not really meaningful anymore. But when you're a plus five on the Blackhawks in 10 games, that that's noteworthy because yeah. there's a team that routinely is losing and you know, especially when you're playing on in his case, the bottom pair. Yeah, for sure. And you know, another thing that, that like impresses me about him and it shouldn't be like necessarily like, Oh, that that's an impressive trade of a defenseman. But sometimes watching this team, it is, he rarely makes that like blind pass into the middle of the ice. He's like swiping the puck into the corner or getting it up the boards or he's looking before he passes. Right. How many times have we seen like Korchinski and Kaiser and other forwards too just kind of get the puck and just flip it over in an area you think one of your teammates is there, but there's nobody there. Um, 
So, yeah, I want to see more Nikita Zaitsev. Ride the hot hand here. And, again, you have one back-to-back games with this lineup. You're not making any changes unless, you know, like today, there was an illness with Donato coming out and, and Korchinski leaving the team. So, I don't, I don't see any reason to take him out. With, and with Tenorti out, you know, I think Luke likes to have that, you know, veteran young guy combo yeah. on each, on each uh, pair. And this kind of gives you that. That luxury. Well, it certainly makes his life easier to not have to worry about, you know, like you said, like being able to just put a guy out there for 13, 14 minutes and just say, just don't hurt us. Just go out there and play defensively sound, move the puck along the boards, get the puck deep, do the little things, clear the front of the net. And Zaitsev does all those and then ends up the game with two assists. And and, I mean, basically a goal for all intents and purposes yeah, <laughs> and that should that showed his patience too yeah. that he got that great pass from gutman and a lot of guys would have one time that or walked in and fired it right away he took his time waited for the screen to get there waited for some traffic to get in front and then put it right through the game's been impressive and i think a guy like that who knows that his chances are limited and he also knows too that the hawks they're not going to bring him back and no Whatever happens, you know, whether he's traded at the deadline or they just let him walk at the end of the year, dude is fighting for his NHL life. He really is. And when you think about someone who sits out like six, seven, eight games in a row to stay engaged and to stay positive and to stay optimistic is a hard thing to do. Like, really think about the mental toll that's taking on Nikita Zaitsev. And the other thing, too, is you're on this team, you're practicing with all these guys, but you're like an afterthought to the fans. You're, I'll be honest, he's an afterthought to us in the media. Like, no one talks to him in a locker room. He's never approached for a one He will be now, but he's never approached for a one-on-one. It's kind of like he's on the outside looking in, and that's got to be a really tough and difficult situation for a guy who's, he's on the plane, he's on the trips, he's at practice, he's doing everything all these guys do, but he's over here and it seems like everybody else is over here. That's got to be a really tough and awkward situation for him. Yeah, he's handling it well, and and the the best way to show you're handling it well is when you do get your chance, make the most of it, and he has. Um, like, they have, uh, there hasn't been many shifts where you've gone, oh my god, Nikita Zaitsev is a disaster, get him out of here. Now, that first shift against Anaheim with him and Murphy was bad. That was tough. But, it got better, you know, as a, so, you know, if there are, there are worse things you could do that if you're a, a Stanley Cup contending team and you need a guy that can go out there and play 12, 13 minutes a night and not make a, a huge mistake. If Zaitsev keeps playing like this, you might get full of the Blackhawks retain half of his salary. You get a guy like that to be your sixth guy play reliable defense like your Jack Johnson type defenseman for 2.5 for the rest of the season, sure. you might get a couple of phone calls. Especially um, some team that starts picking up some injuries. And the other thing too is if he becomes a guy that you can rely on a little bit, it allows you to trade a defenseman that maybe has a little more value on the market. And I mean, the only real guy that qualifies is that, that you would consider trading is Connor Murphy. And I know he's had a tough year, but I think a lot of teams would look at his season and say, he's on a bad team. He's constantly playing with some young guys. Look, I think he has been individually pretty bad this year. 
But you get the out-of-town stupid people that say, well, look at this, though. Look who he's playing with. Eh, it's yeah. not really his I fault. Think, I think if Murphy didn't have another year on his contract, two years on his contract. Um, is it two after this one? I think it's still two after this one. At least one. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yes, I, I don't think That's going to make him better. I, I thought it was one more. I don't think anybody's uh, looking to get uh, two years of that because it seems that his, he's in the decline. And that's only going to get worse. Yeah, that's true. So if if Murphy was on, uh, you know, one more year after this, you might be able to consider it. But I don't see anybody looking to get that. Yeah. Want to knock out some Super Chats here? I do want to knock Let's out some do Super it. Chats. All right, we got a $5 Super Chat from Kyle. He says, why not extend Jason Dickinson? When do we start keeping some of these depth pieces for the next competitive window? I don't think that's out of the or- I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. I don't think so either. I, I think that, especially the fact that he was a Kyle Davidson acquisition. Um, yeah, like when you start to look at who's going to be here when this team wins again? I know we did that kind of at the end of last year, like who matters, who doesn't. I think Dickinson's a guy that's going to be here. you know. And I think you th- coming into this year, he thought Taylor Radish might be on the same thing. I'm not as sure about that anymore. But Jason Dickinson will be unrestricted after this year. He's 28 years old, makes $2.65 million. The Hawks can bring him back. I would do two years, three years maybe. Give him a little more than anybody else is going to give him because they I mean, can. See what he wants, you know. Maybe you say if he wants 3.5, you say, fine, we'll give you 3.5 for two years or we'll give you a three for three years. Right. Maybe he wants that third year and say, all right, I'll do three for nine instead of two for seven. Well, and then you also have, you know, as the team starts to get a little bit better, you can bump him down in the lineup, and he's still effective in a fourth line or third line role. I really like him. He's just a really versatile player. Yeah. You can never have too many Jason Dickinsons on your team. No, and he also, uh, from a selfish standpoint, he's one of the best guys in the room to talk to. Yeah, definitely. He gives you a lot of good stuff. Always outgoing and, and generous with his time. So uh, lots of reasons to keep Jason Dickinson around. And I'm all for bringing him back after this year. Definitely. Uh, we got a two-dollar one from Ralph. Who says uh, Bedard not scoring is concerning, especially for Calder. He's still leading all the rookies in points. Yeah, so, I don't I mean, know what your concern is. He's got 21 points in 26 games. Um, He's I, not going to score every night. Yeah. Uh, especially there's, when there's not a lot of help around him. Um, I would like him to score more goals at home. It seems that he plays better on the road, yeah. at least offensively. He, uh, But I wouldn't be worried about it. I mean, if you would have told me before the season started that he'd have 11 goals and 21 points in his first 26 games, I'd be like, I will take that. That's Yeah, that's that's I about, that. yeah. about what we expected. He's and still on pace to score th- over 30 goals, and we're a third of the way through the season. So, so he's on pace for 30 goals and 63 points. I think we all would have. Sure. That's going to be good enough to win the Calder. I would think so. Yes, that's that should certainly be enough. So He's, yeah, if he had five goals and fifteen points, I'd be concerned. Right, and it's not from a lack of trying. I mean, he I think he needs to get a little more accurate on some of his shots. It seems he misses a lot. But I but that's I think good. when you have a guy that is so good at picking corners the way he is, yeah, he is aiming for a very specific S- spot. Sometimes he just has to right just say screw it. 
get it on the net. And that, and that's going to come with, with time and experience. So keep talking. I'm going to do some math. I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be too, uh, too concerned. I would like to see him score more goals with the red sweater on in front of the home crowds, uh, as opposed, as opposed to, uh, always on the road. But, uh, I, the concerns on Bedard are not, not great at this moment. Uh, I, I think what we've seen so far is, is as advertised and uh, we'll be good. Should I hit the next super chat or you? Just for comparison, okay. Connor McDavid had 24 points in his first 26 games and was on a significantly better team than Connor Bedard is on yeah. with better help and better players with him. Yeah. So, so hopefully that it's makes a, it you is feel a better fine Ralph. pace. Yeah, I hope <laughs> that makes you feel better, Ralph. Thank you for the super chat. Yeah, appreciate and it. We have one last one from Jake. Kyle, Ralph, and Jake, such nice regular names on a Saturday night. Uh, I'm not sound on hockey X's and O's, so I'm curious. Do the Hawks play too tight in front of the net on defense? Feels too tight to get sticks in the way. Too tight. I'm I'm assuming he means too close to the goalie? Yeah. um, I don't know. To me, sometimes they play a little too... The opposite of time. Yeah, they, like, they were just getting slaughtered on those back to, backdoor yeah, goals for a while. Um, maybe they're overcry. If he's noticing that now, I haven't. I honestly I haven't noticed that. But maybe the fact that they're overcorrecting for the what, like six or seven backdoor goals in like three or four games over the last little bit. Maybe they're overcorrecting, but I, that was not something I had observed. I have noticed though recently they've been doing a really good job at clearing the puck out of the crease when it comes to it. Yeah, they, they've also having guys like Vlasic and Crevier with their 84-foot reaches helps in that department. It's certainly so easier, yes. There may, there may be a correlation to having those two guys on the ice to yeah. more of that. There, there just may be a, a, a coincidence. Before we get on the next topic, I just want to make a real quick shout-out oh. uh, to someone I know is watching. I just want to say hello to Josie, who's watching at home. Uh, Two-and-a-half-year-old Josie. Uh, Hi, Josie. Watching the first... Watching her first post-game show. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Good to hear from you, Josie. Well, don't pay attention to this read because we're going to tell you about Goose Island. There's Chicago's beer since 1988. Just 19 more years for you, Josie. You can have your first Goose Island. CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, and they've got their amazing roster of beers. The Christmas Ale's out now. The Beer Hug family, you've got the Blackhawks Pale Ale, the Bull and Goose uh, those special Bulls and Blackhawks releases that came out right when the season began. Always great. The Full Pocket Pills. That's what the Goose Island Brewers are drinking. And, of course, the flagship, one of my favorites, the 312 Wheat Ale in that beautiful yellow can. Always refreshing. Always delicious. I'm sure the Goose Islands were flowing, Sarah, at the Christmas party last night here at uh, CHGO. Yeah, they ran out of uh, seltzers, which is kind of what I was drinking. And so I had to switch over to 312s, which I wasn't complaining about at all. But That's a, that's a win for you. Yeah, it was good. You're upgrading. Yeah. That's for damn sure. There was a lot of Goose Island yesterday, though. It was just cases. Nice. <laughs> well, you know what? Just like Sarah did, grab yourself an ultra-fresh Goose Island beer. Get one at their brewery at the brewery where they have the exclusive beers. You've got the Clybourne Avenue location in Lincoln Park or their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Check them out. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. And if you want some sort of device or, or to go get it? vehicle to... Uh, go get it. Sure. Right. To store and keep your Goose Islands cold... Do you need the perfect bag for game day? Varsity Coolers will have you set on game day and beyond with the best portable cooler 
and Weekender Duffel Around. They have such a really cool, uh, unique design. They're for the NFL fans in your life. The exterior of the uh, the bag is going to have the team colors. So in our case, as Jay is going to bring in here, it's going to have the awesome Chicago Bears colors and logos all over. At the bottom of the bag, a map of Chicago. So if you get lost, you'll know exactly where to go and find your tailgate party. Uh, the banner on it has some cool landmarks. It's got the Chicago skyline on there, of course. Um, and the inside, the lining includes... Uh, the food scene of that city. So you got some hot dogs, you got some pizza in there. Awesome. It doubles as a cooler, waterproof and insulated, and a travel <laughs> duffel. Fits in a golf cart or as carry-on luggage. It's the perfect Christmas or Hanukkah holiday gift for the football fan in your life. 21 teams represented, uh, built to show up to a, in style to a party or just wrapping it around town. It can be used as a gym bag, which make sure you wipe it down on the inside after you use it before you put some food or drinks in there. Get Head that beef to, juice out. Yes, get the beef juice out. Head over to varsitycoolers.us. Use the promo code CHGO at checkout, and you're going to get 10% off your order. Give everybody on your list a varsity cooler for the holidays. That sounds like a good idea. All right. I want to mention this because... I'm going to just speak for myself, and I'll let you speak for yourself, too. Um, I know we have been crapping all over people who, like, will not let go of Patrick Kane coming back. Even though the ship has sailed, the team has made it clear, it's not going to happen. But Patrick Kane scored his first goal of the season tonight for the Red Wings in their 5-1 loss. And they lost. Um, but, hey, like, a guy gave, he's arguably the best Hawk ever, came back from a massive injury a very you know intense surgery so welcome back to the league patrick kane great celebration if you saw the goal very classic kane you could see how much that meant to him coming back from that injury and getting back on the ice so patrick kane scores his first goal as a red wing which is weird um, but he did it and it was a nice goal a very patrick kaney it's, it's a good night if you're a patrick kane fan and a blackhawks fan because Patrick Kane scored a goal, and the Blackhawks still, or in the and the Red Wings still <laughs> exactly. lost by four. Yeah, win win, exactly. Yeah, so it was zero and two. In the I don't, Patrick I don't, I, I feel like sometimes we get so tired of people say bring him back that it feels like we're crapping on Kane, where we're actually crapping on the idea of Kane. I feel like I at least have kind of grown bitterness about him because i'm so tired of the question right i today i was like you know what i'm not mad at patrick kane and i'm not a i have nothing against him so i'm happy that he got the goal tonight um in a red wings loss which is like you said just perfect yeah. and that's great like I, I i don't want the fact that we're tired of talking about him coming back um to to change the fact that he did a lot of great things here for the Hawks, obviously. It goes without saying. And in my mind, he's a Hawk for life. Uh, I just don't want to, you know, I don't want it to seem like we don't like or appreciate what he did here. I think we're just tired of, they should bring back Kaner. It's not going to happen. Just let it go. Good for him. Uh, I, the, the dude worked his ass off to get back to this point. Um, you know, as I said, I... I Hope he scores a goal every night, and they lose every night. Yeah, I'll take uh, that. I mean, sure. I, I hope he does well, but I, I, you know, 
I, I want the Red Wings to lose all the time, and they're 0-2 in the Patrick Kane era, so haha. <laughs> <laughs> there was a great – I forgot. It might have been Bardown who had a tweet of it was Kane the wrestler with Patrick Kane's head on it, and then on the head of Paul Bearer, like, coming down the aisle was Steve Eiserman. So, yeah, it was funny. It was clever. Yeah. It was clever. Steve Eiserman is so freaking overrated. It's not even funny. <laughs> overrated as a uh, GM. GM. Yes. One of the best hockey players. He was a very good player. Time. Yes, that's for sure. G- yeah. Very, very overrated as a GM. I'm so tired of hearing the Eiser the plan. Eiser plan. We'll see. Hey, man. Did hey, you, it, it took him 10 years to even sniff the playoffs. So maybe it's finally working. There you go. Once he overpaid for a bunch of veterans. Uh, Olimata. When uh, Steve Eiserman does that, it's genius. When the Blackhawks it do it, it's stupid. It is. Uh, All right, Sarah, I think we're ready to call the uh, four-star of the game, aren't we? With a massive win, what was the final percentage? You got it in front of you? I don't have my YouTube. 76%. Our fans love um, some Alex Vlasic. Two nights in a row, Alex Vlasic is our four-star of the game. Finished with a goal, 22-17 of ice time, a shot, and three shot attempts. I will say, I definitely think that he is deserving of the third star, or the fourth star, I always do that. But I will say that for Mackenzie Atwistle to lose by that much is not not right. He had a fantastic yeah, game. It's more of the, the name recognition there. I think uh, so. It was yeah. But man, but, he played well. Yeah. All three of those guys had great games. You know, it's so nice to have a fourth star on consecutive nights where we're like, man, any like it's three guys who actually deserve it. Yeah. Where so many nights we're like we can't even think of three guys worthy of being in the poll, let alone who should win it. Yeah. <laughs> to have yeah. three guys where you're like, man, I, I, I see why they get out of that, but it could have been this guy. Yes. It's nice. That means that means it was a good game. And Bijan is saying, Mrazek in all caps. So he was he was the number, he was one, the number two he star. Was number two star. So, night, yeah, yeah that's, he, he can't be the four star right. if he was the second star. Yes. That's not how it works. No. Tomorrow, the caps are here. Uh, if you have not been keeping up with the Caps. They've been uh, good. They've been better than expected. After they started the season <laughs> yeah. off really Awful. bad. Awful. Uh, the Still, though, regardless of how unexpectedly well they're playing, the whole point of the Washington Capitals is to get Alex Ovechkin Wayne Gretzky's record. And if you recall, last time the Capitals were at the United Center, Alex Ovechkin scored a hat trick, which got him to number 800. That was one of the coolest experiences of not only just my career definitely my career but just my hockey life to be there to see that so cool well he's got 827 now the record is 894 as most people know um let me ask you this i've been thinking about this but he's, he's at exactly 1500 points by the way does it feel weird i won't take anything away from him but, like, if he was not within striking distance of this record, do you think he'd still be playing? Probably, right? I think so. Like, does it feel like he's just playing to get the record? No, I don't think so. Okay. Like, uh, he's not reached Emmett Smith territory yet. <laughs> like, right. Emmett Smith on the Cardinals was just yeah. to get the record. Just get the record, right. It's not that territory. Like, he's not there yet. Now, maybe in a year or two it will be. It probably will be when he actually breaks the record. 
If he breaks the record, he's going to break the record. That's going to take a while. Yeah, he's going to. He's going to. Um, He's going to get out. Like, he's still playing Alex Ovechkin hockey. I mean, he does what he does. He half the night he looks like the controller uh, lost <laughs> lost battery power. I love that. And all of a sudden he just jumps in a play and boom, it's in the back of your net, and you didn't even see it coming. So, uh, uh, you know, I don't think he's at that point yet. He's still a very, he's still the most impactful player on that team. So, so it, when he's no longer the most impactful impactful player on his team, then we can make that argument. All right, here's another thing, Gretzky. Got to 894 in 1,487 games. That is 116 more than Ovechkin has played. In 116 games, can Ovechkin get the record? That would be quite the achievement. That would be, yeah. How many goals is he away? 80-something? Uh, let's see. Do the math for me. 894 minus 827. So he's like 70 goals away. Four minus eight to seven, 67 goals away. 67 goals in 116 Base, games. That's, that's tough. In 116 games? Yeah. So that's like a little more than that's a more, goal uh, every, a goal every other game. game. More than that. It's achievable. It's He's got five goals in 24 games. It's not year. impossible, but it's improbable. Yeah, I would say it's improbable. Um, it'd be fun. The fact that he can almost do it in the same amount of games is really impressive when you think of. Well, yeah, well, Gretzky's playing against plumbers and stuff. Like. True. <laughs> like, and Gretzky was had so many freaking assists in his career, too. I mean, that's my favorite hockey stat of all time. If you take away Gretzky's goals, he's still, and just put his assist, he still has the most points in NHL history. Yes. That's my favorite sports stat of all time. Um, but yeah, and, and, and as we get saying the check, Gretzky had some pretty lame years at the end of his career too. That's true. You know what though? You know what, you know what the most lamest was his time with the St. Louis blues. Well, here's the deal though. Screw the blues. His final years were way better than you remember. Cause they, they were, cause they weren't Gretzky esque. They weren't heart trophy esque. His still, last year still had tw- over 20 goals last year with the Rangers. He played 70 Ooh. games, had 62 points. Okay. Yeah. The year before. At the age of 37, he had 90 points in 82 games. Yeah, it's still very, very The year good, before that, 97 points in 82 games. Right, These are massive I, I, numbers. I wouldn't call that lame then. Lame, th- lame to his standards. Age 35, 102 points in 80 games. All right. Like, he, like it felt to me the same way. Like, oh, oh Wayne's just not the same anymore. Well, yeah, because he wasn't <laughs> scoring 200 points. Yeah, he but, was I mean, scoring 100 it, but points. that was like... The 98-99 season was, that was like the beginning, like when Darian Hatcher was like patrolling the blue line and was like, oh, that's the yeah. the clutchy, grabby, like no offense, no two-line pass game. And he was still putting up 97, 100 how many, points. How many points did he have with his amazing stint with the Blues? He had 21 points in 18 games. And they lost in the first round of the playoffs that year, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he had to wear those horrific. Yeah, with the red triangle. Oh, too. God. Now, for him, uh, no, they did not. Let's see. They must have won a round. Okay. They won 13. Or they played 13 games that year. Then they, yeah. And they he had 16 the, points. lost in the second round. So, yeah. yeah. They had Gretzky at over a point per game and still lost in the second round. Yeah. Uh, Bijan says Bedard is going to break Gretzky's or Ovi's record. We had one guy say they're concerned he's not scoring enough, and we have another saying 
that he's going to break Wayne Gretzky's goal. Lorenzo the section. So I think somewhere, somewhere in, in the, the middle, middle probably right is yeah. where we should go. Uh, yeah. Cricket gave us a dollar. I think she must have said something about Patrick Kane earlier in the chat. Um, for the dollar. And she's taking uh, Young Dango God's bit. I, where's he been, by I think the way? He died. <laughs> he's been MIA. He went on his bachelor party. We've never heard from That's him it. since. He's gone. He, maybe you could send some love to Mackenzie yeah. Whistle's family. By the way, he's, so, he's I, hanging out with Kim Johnson. Somewhere. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I tweeted the uh, my favorite uh, gif when we talk about Mackenzie Whistle is a scene from. Happy Gilmore, where Chubbs and Abraham <laughs> yeah. Lincoln and the alligator are waving, and yeah. someone said, "I don't get the reference," and someone just said, "Mackenzie Whistle's an orphan," with no context. So I had to go <laughs> on Twitter and tell the story again about why we make the joke about Mackenzie Whistle. When having I tweeted family. out the uh, <laughs> and whistle penalty, um, the first re- the only reply was, uh, well, "Good thing his parents weren't here to see that." Yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> Uh, I like that our bit like do we is, do we are we at are we at a clarification crossroads right now? I think we're in a pretty good. Uh, I think we got most of our regulars here, but sure we can just the short version is first game of last season. We talked to him before a game, and he was talking. We were in uh, Denver, and we were talking about you know like, hey starting a season on a row. What's that like? Yada yada. Just asking dumb questions as we do. And he said, you know, there's a lot of guys here that have their families with them. And I, and me, I don't have a family. Uh, so yada, yada, yada. And we just kind of clung on to the. Yeah, we're idiots and we, and we rolled with it. And, he meant uh, he doesn't have a wife and daughter and right. all that sort of stuff. Right. And then we explained it to him. At the end of the season, we yes. had him on the show, <laughs> and we explained it to him. He's a good sport about it. He's like, oh, okay, I've gotten comments, and now this <laughs> makes sense. So, yeah, uh, Mackenzie and Whistle, um, great sport about about it all. Great kid, too. He's yeah, he is, an, he is Any, a super easy guy to Anytime he has uh, success, yeah, I'm happy for him. Definitely. I'm looking at the uh, the blue scorecards here. Uh, highest rated game was actually Peter Mrazek. Uh Nikita Zaitsev second. Jason Dickens third. Connor Murphy was fourth. Beauvillier and Anderson. Those are your top, what is that, six? Before you get to two St. Louis Blues. The worst rated player today. You want to take a guess? He's, it's a Hawk. Worst rated player of the entire, of the entire game, game would be... I don't think you're going to get it. Uh, Isaac Phillips. Isaac Phillips was second worst. So that probably means Seth, Seth Jones, Jones was yeah. the worst. Uh, not your typical Seth Jones game. No, I and I know everybody was quick to be like, "Oh, look at Seth Jones give on that three-on-one shorthanded goal." So it's like, yeah, everybody wants, to, everybody loves to to jump on it when the mistakes happen, and mistakes do happen. Uh, and then ignore all the good stuff that happens. Yeah, uh, no, not but, not not his best effort. That's for sure. No, sure, but he um, played twenty seven minutes. But you know what? That was a game <laughs> where you didn't need Seth Jones' best effort. No, which is a refreshing change of pace because a lot of times you get his best best effort and you lose six to two. Right. Um, and so, I remember also that last week Luke made a point of saying. A lot of people will watch a goal and be like, well, that's Seth Jones's fault and not notice that a couple people. It's three breakdowns. Front, like, in front you have a forward miss yeah. a check. You have another defenseman yeah. fall down, and he's the last guy back. I didn't get a good look at that uh, shorty because I was dealing with a family crisis at the moment. But, uh, you know, I he he's he's overall very good. We don't need to get into that too much. Yeah. Um, the other thing, though, is 
I made a, mo- a note of this in the first period where I said, remember those two opportunities the Hawks had where Taylor Radish had a goal he should have scored and uh, Beauvillier had a goal he should have scored. And it felt like those could be the sort of things that come back to haunt, you know, as the game goes on. But Phillips hit a post too. Yes, he did. But Radish had a couple today. Yeah. And he had one where he almost scored. And then there was another one where he had a chance to shoot and just opted to not. I don't know. He's he is a really tough dude to figure out. Like he, you 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 talk about like looking the part. Taylor Radish is a big dude. He's, he's shown he's got some offensive ability, but this year he's been really hard to find. He's just not contributed a lot at yeah, all. And he's coming off one of his better games of the year. He was really good against Anaheim on Thursday. Yeah, and I think he played well in this one. That line was good. It was like as I said, you had. Gutman had four shots on goal. Tyler Johnson had four shots on goal. And uh, Radish had just one shot on goal. Um, and can we talk about uh, Lucas Reichel? Speaking about plays where goals were almost scored, that pass he made to set up Reese Johnson in the second period yeah. was a fantastic pass. And at first I was like, wow, what a pass. Oh, crap, it's Reese Johnson. But then Reese Johnson got, it all. got a got a one-timer off. So hats off all the way around. <laughs> hey, all the all these dudes are NHL players. Like, they're all capable oh, yeah, of no. uncorking a Reece one-timer Johnson, if need be. You know, I like Reese Johnson a lot. Like, he's not he's, – he's a fourth liner. Yeah. That's what he's going to be. But if Reese Johnson left the United Center and walked down to Johnny's and jumped into any Ratley game, he would clown guys. <laughs> yes. He would be, He would look like Wayne Gretzky out there in, like, 1982 Wayne Gretzky. Yes. Like, there's still NHL guys. So, uh, But that was a – I just wanted to give – uh, some props to Lucas Reichel on that pass. That's the type of play that, that gets the confidence going. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think he, like I said earlier, Lucas has had a really good game. I, with Radish, I just want to know, like, what is he? Because I'm not a – if he is just a checker, if he's just a penalty killer, if he's just a, you know, a guy like that, like, I guess I could live with that if the money's right. I just – I don't know. I don't I know what to think about him. Unless he turns it on and plays really well these these last fifty some odd games. I mean, I don't. He led the team in shorthanded ice time today. Two forty one. It's kind of fun, funny because aside like, from Jones, sorry, Radish is in the lineup every night, no matter what. Yeah, and yet Boris Kachuk is fighting to play, and right now, at the end of the year, they're both going to be RFAs, I believe. Uh, if I if I only had to choose if I had to choose for one to bring back next year, right now it's Boris Kachuk. I never thought I'd say that. That's interesting. That's an interesting question because I don't know. Like at least with Radish, I've seen a guy who can score at this level like consistently. Uh, they're both RFA's arbitration uh, mm-hmm. arbitrate not consistently, but I mean we've seen him put together a year and a half of pretty good hockey. Right. You know, um, this year he's been disappointing, that's for sure. Both are 25. Both have uh, one year, this year only remaining. It's 758,333. Both are arbitration eligible RFAs after this year, as are Joey Anderson, Reese Johnson, Mackenzie Entwistle, and Cole Gutman up front. Reichel is restricted, but not arbitration eligible. Um, but you just said it. You still don't know what Taylor Radish is. But I you know exactly what Boris Kachuk is. But I've seen Kachuk be... I would say, if we're going by the entire sample size of their time here, Radish has been the better of the two. 
I don't think there's much doubt about that. And it's not just about yeah, offense. overall, but since like March 1st of last year. Could you expect better? All right. T- Taylor Radish, 26 games, four goals, two assists. Boris Kachuk, 17 games, two goals, two assists. Yeah, no, I, I know. I it, Like, Kachuk has been significantly better this year. I don't think there's any. But my point is, like, Radish just is out there every day, top six. Literally. Yeah. Since since he's been here, top six. Right. No questions asked. Why? I mean, all I can imagine is it's because he had a, you know, a 20-goal season last year. But somebody had some. Yes, exactly. Andreas Anthony CU had a 20 goal season yeah, last year. I call that the Kyle Calder phenomenon where it's it's just happens to be the most talented guy on a bad team or one of the most talented guys on like in Birdman says in the chat, like Radish isn't even a borderline fourth liner and a cup contender. Is he playing on the Avalanche? Is he playing on no. the Golden Knights? There was a reason that I mean, Kachuk isn't even either, to be fair. But there's a reason Taylor Radish had so many games in the AHL because he was on a Cup contending team, the yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning. Yes, and they barely found time for him. And what the Lightning did when they traded for Brandon Hagel, aside from giving the Hawks two first round picks, thank you very much. They also said we'll also give you Radish and Kachuk because they're going to they're help never going to play here. They're no, they'll never have a chance. We want to right. do right by them and give them an opportunity to play. Well, as the Giggities says, uh, Kachuk's never been gifted the top six, six minutes. Like Top sex either. Well, it's, it's, you just got it, fired it, by John McDonough. Top sex. Well, it is Glenn Clegg. <laughs> nope, you got fired. In the picture. You accidentally said sex. You get fired by John McDonough. <laughs> well, good. Who's that? Susanna Collins? Was that her yeah, name? Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Yep. Screw John McDonough. Wang. Um, enabler. But it's true. Penis. I'd like to see. I'd like to see Kachuk get a sh- crack at a couple of games playing on Taylor Radish's spot, and let's see what happens. He I'm can't down. Do any worse? I'm down. I mean, look, you'll get an opportunity this year. There will be some injuries that pile up or something, or post trade deadline if they decide to move Taylor uh, Tyler Johnson or whoever else they might decide to move at the deadline. And I he'll get his opportunity. And I like Taylor Radish. I'm just. I wish. I need to see more right now. I agree. Like we're 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 getting to the point where, you know, there's going to be even less roster spots available after this year, as far because you're going to yeah. get some more young guys coming up. Colton Doc's going to be an NHLer probably at the start of next season. I would imagine you, so. You don't he know. Keeps you going know. Away he's hey, going. Ryder Rolston may surprise somebody and be a fourth liner next year. Uh, guess who's going to be looking playing for another team if those progressions keep continuing, and Taylor Radish doesn't start producing. 12 points in 16 games in Rockford uh, for Colton Dock. Yeah. He's he's doing very well. And I think, At his first correct me, didn't he? Yet. He started a little bit slow, too, because well, he was he coming start, off the injury. He, he, has, he missed the first three weeks of the season. Yeah. And Ryder Ralston, uh, six goals and one assist. He's on the Jake Neighbors plan uh, in 18 games with the Ice Hogs. So, yeah, I mean, there are guys of the same makeup as Kachuk and Radish, like on the horizon – who are coming in on their entry level contracts? Yeah, it's an easy decision. It, it could it's be an easy decision. It could be both of them. Yeah, it they could be. And, and, look, I, and, and again, I don't have a problem with that either necessarily. And Radish might be a guy you can get something for at the deadline maybe. too. Because usually RFAs come back. You don't usually just let RFAs walk. Right. Either you trade them or you or you sign them. Right. Usually. Usually. So we'll see. I don't. Or it's, Dylan Strom, you let. Oh. <laughs> oh god! Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just want more out of Taylor Radish because we've seen it. Yeah, definitely. we've seen it, and you know, I want to see some more. But this was a guy who was a big season, 
much like Philip Kershev last year, like you got to prove you're going to be here for the long haul. He hasn't yet. Like if you move on from Taylor Radish and replace him with Colton Dock next year, okay. Yeah, I'm not mad about that. I'm actually that's yeah. knocking on this for health for Colton Dock. I'm knocking on wood. Should we uh, wrap up our, our segments and call it a? Let's do that. For, we're going to do Connor's Corner, but first we want to tell you about our friends at Midtown Athletic Club. How can we forget about that? Locations in Palatine and the Northwest Burbs, Bannockburn in the North Shore, Willowbrook in the Southwest Burbs, and the Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown. Different name last night. <laughs> and Lincoln Park, Midtown Palatine has launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club. Congratulations, Greg, Greg Braggs, which will be complete in early 2024. Listeners can lock in favorable rates if they join before the end of the year. And there is something at Midtown for everyone. If you're single, you're a family with kids, you're looking to make some lifestyle changes, you're into holistic wellness. Well, guess what? You are going to have all those things from our friends at Midtown. They've got boxing. They got spin classes and cycling. Go find yourself a spin cycle. They've got that. Group exercises, cross training, high intensity interval training, yoga. If you want to do something low impact, I know Greg, you're a big yoga guy. Got some yoga yesterday. It felt great. Everything you need is there for you at Midtown. And this is not just like some rinky dink gym where you just walk in, you work out, you scan your card and you leave. This is a whole, it's a community. It's an atmosphere. It's a whole vibe in midtown you should go check it out that's for damn sure head over to midtown.com slash chgo to find out more and to tour the midtown athletic club nearest you all right let's go to connor's corner and then we'll wrap the show up yay oh, yeah, we do have to do the rock do we though we don't have to spend three seconds on it. i mean we don't really have to do it no we don't all right connor bedard uh, finished a minus one, no points. He had a shot and seven shot attempts. Also credited with a hit. Only took four faceoffs, won one and lost three. But had he won one more, he would have been 50%. And that would have been good. So there's your night for Connor Bedard. Um, you know, a couple in a row where he hasn't been the difference maker all the time. I really like, we'll get into this a little bit next week too. Like they've made a couple changes to the power play. And it looks a lot more effective um, so I, I, I think the points are going to start coming for him. You know, he, he's had some bad luck. He's missed the net. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> West coast road trip will be good for Connor Bedard. Yeah. Um, let's so let's see him get a, let's see him get a goal tomorrow against Ovi. That would be fun. Close the gap a little bit. That would be great. Yes. Close the gap on Ovechkin. <laughs> exactly. All right. And who's your Hawk? The winner's Mario. Congratulations. Yeah, cool. Way to go. We'll mail the helmet to your house. We'll put a, and put you a can... rubber band around your head for the next five <laughs> minutes in honor of, uh, of winning. The way it fits Mario though. It's like, just put like a big, like a garbage can on your head. You and I, it's a, it's a tight fit for Mario. It's always flopping me, around. It, in there. Me, it, it fits like just right. Yeah. For me, it just makes me feel like I'm tripping balls, which is not the greatest feeling in the world. I don't like it. You know what I do like, though? Hawks wins. And let's hope we get another one yeah. tomorrow night. Hawks and Caps will be back after the game. Six o'clock start, so uh, look for us to be here around nine-ish. Yeah, probably about nine o'clock. A little before nine, we'll be back at you. Yeah, on your way out, please smash that like button for us. And hey, tell a friend. I saw this really great uh, Hawks podcast. You should check it out. Share our links, all that great stuff. We would appreciate it. Just hit that retweet button. Or share our YouTube videos on Facebook or whatever uh, after a game. That's super, super helpful. But we'll talk to you tomorrow after Hawks and Caps on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Yo, yo, yo.
all silly like the mayor. 